Okay, so starting in three, two, one. Hi, I'm Marcy. And I'm Akko. And I'm Marvin. And I'm Rira. <gasps> and <laughs> we're still doing this shit, y'all. I don't know. Anyway, um, here we are, yeah. 2021. <laughs> exactly, on the same bullshit. But yes, and welcome to the Colored Pages Book Club, a bi weekly podcast that focuses on fiction, fantasy, and magical realism written by writers from colorful backgrounds. Yay, colorful backgrounds. That's right. That's us. We are colorful. Mm-hmm. So yes. who, who, who would have guessed? No one. <laughs> or I guess everyone since in the title. Okay, but well, we are back for another episode of the Summer Short Series. For those who may not know, this is where we diverge from our typical novels and read, well, whatever we want. Yeah, truly, truly whatever we want. And yeah, this week is no <laughs> different um, because... This week we're like, okay, so we like kind of read something, but like kind of played something at the same Mm -hmm. time. So maybe we really listened to it. Who could say? Exactly. So yeah, so this week we're actually going to be discussing a 2017 queer Asian American visual novel called Butterfly Soup, which was created by someone by the name of Brianna Lay, who is a video game narrative designer and artist. She also, so fun fact, she also has a game called Palm Gets Wi-Fi, which is like about a Pomeranian that's like on a quest for Wi-Fi. It's like an RPG. I low-key want to play it. But um, but yes. Yeah, so this week we're going to be talking about a video game, actually, for the first time ever. Because again, summer shorts, we do what we want. So yes, I do wonder about the the Pomeranians' motivations for getting Wi-Fi, but perhaps it is explained in the game. Very exciting, most likely. Anyway, we also <laughs> brought friends. So. If y'all don't remember, they're like, you, y'all have friends? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> With these personalities, y'all have friends? And we're like, uh, <laughs> right? yes. <laughs> so we they're like, do. your introduction is <laughs> so nonlinear. Anyway, but um, <laughs> if y'all remember, or even if you don't, we did an amazing episode. Actually, it's honestly still one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. And it was on She of the Mountain by Vivek Shreya. With Books and Boba. Hey. Woo, see, they're here. That's us. They're real. Okay. (laughs) And we had so much fun that we decided to invite them over to the virtual CPBC studio. So, yes, you should also check them out. But, Rira, Marvin, please introduce yourself. Yeah, um, Rira and I are the hosts of Books and Boba. We're a book club podcast um, featuring books by Asian and Asian American authors. Um, We started our podcast. God. Like five years ago, 2016. It was like yes. right, it was right, right before the election. I remember this because yeah, back once when the we election happened, we're just and like, we were <laughs> so like you know we 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 were we had yeah we had hope for the direction our country was going in and representation seemed to be on the up and up. Um, and then and all then, that all of that came <laughs> crashing down, and we're just like, oh, representation matters yeah. a lot more now. So yeah. <laughs> I guess yeah. we'll keep reading. Um, we actually had it's it's actually an interesting story how the book club got started because um, mm-hmm. we actually it got started. We were and I have known each other for a few years now because we're both part of the Asian American community here in LA. But um, this book club actually got started because of a angry tweet that we were made. Uh-huh. <laughs> really? Ooh, okay, tell us about it. Um, man, it was such a long time ago that I don't really remember the details. But um, I went to some kind of industry mixer uh, with like Asian American folks um, who are like in very fields and um, i'm really i'm really bad at small talk but i attempted 
And uh, <laughs> love that, love that. And you know, like the person I was talking to at the time, you know, it was like uh, the typical question of like, "Oh, so what do you do?" And mm. at this time, I was kind of in between jobs, and I didn't really know how to define myself. So I just said, "Oh, I'm a writer." And they asked me like, "Oh, you mean like writing books?" And I said, "No, not really. More like、mm-hmm. blogs and articles." And they're like, "Oh, I don't know why I thought that you would be an author because there aren't any Asian American authors." What and, the fuck? And then, like at that time, I was just like, "Wait a second!" Like there are so many Asian American authors, <clears throat> even though it was 2016. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm like losing my voice.、Um, Out of pure Out rage, of pure rage. <laughs> like it was 2016, so、um, the sympathizer had just come out. It had、mm-hmm. won a Pulitzer Prize, and I'm like, there, there are a lot of Asian American authors, and I got like so pissed that I went online and I said, I'm going to start a book club. Does anybody want to join me? And I、mm. thought it was going to be a real life book club, right?、Mm-hmm. But then Marvin at the time was looking to do another podcast, and I was on my、out. podcast shit. Yeah, yeah, you were. You were Ooh, trying to like、that. it was like Pokemon at that time. You were like, let me <laughs> let me figure out like which podcasts I'm going to do. But he reached out and he was like, hey, do you want to start a podcast with me? And I said yes before I actually thought about the consequences of <laughs> saying yes. I love this. Because、uh, then I realized, oh, I have to like be in front of a microphone. I have to talk <laughs> about the book.、Um, all of my English teachers have hated me in the past.、Uh, they've told me that I have very bad reading comprehension. I、mm. don't have an English degree. What the hell did I just say yes to? And、uh, now we're here, like five years later. I cannot、yeah. believe we've been doing this for half a decade now.、It's、and this was twenty sixteen, like. Two years before Asians existed in media because of Crazy Rich Asians, so、oh, yeah, like we were before we were, <laughs> Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> we did a Crazy Rich Asians episode like right when the movie came out. That is like crazy.、Mm. Yeah, because that book is not very good. Oh my god! Hot take. We need to we need to like stop dunking on that book, man. Like I actually met the movie Kev- is great. I actually met Kevin Kwan, and it was like so awkward and. <laughs> <laughs> Like I didn't tell him、oh, that I、no. was、uh, like I I did like a book club podcast and we like reviewed his book, but I was working like I was working like a book signing event that he was doing, and I was just like, this is so awkward. I can't like I can't just say like, hey, I didn't like your book. So. <laughs> you know what? He's still rich, so it's fine.、That's、I don't、true. think he cares. Right, I was like, he has a movie deal. <laughs> Come on, he's, he's fine. fine. Right. For a second, I thought he like confronted you. It was like, oh, so like I listened to your podcast episode.、No. And I was like, holy <laughs> shit! Like what in the what in the VH? Oh,、no. he like, knows. He's got it. He has to know. He has to know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking, Marcy. We we read this book called The Wedding Date. Oh my god! Oh, wait, by、love. by Jasmine Guillory. Oh yes,、yeah. yes, yes, yes. And we didn't love it. And <laughs> oh my god! So many、not. romance readers out there are hating you because that is like their their bible for yeah, it, yeah, people, yeah. People people love The Wedding Date. <laughs> You're correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so、um, if ever we met Jasmine、so. Guillory, it'd be like, oh hey, um, you know, oh yeah, well, we like, like literally exit stage, exactly. I'd be like, let me just, let me just.、Leave. I mean, it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of mortifying when、uh, we post our episodes and we tag the author, right? 
And, oh my god, yes. And it's just like sometimes the author replies back, they're like, Hey, I listened to your episode. And I'm like, No, like <laughs> don't do that. Like when we tagged you, you were like an abstract idea, and now right. you're a real mm. person. And I right. like so, I mean, usually we we like the books that we read, but it's mm. still like super awkward. Like yeah. EJ Co responded back to like our our tweet. And I'm like, oh, in that episode, I like spilled my guts out about my childhood, and <laughs> now everyone knows about it, and I don't know how I feel about this. Mm. So yeah, when when we tag authors and authors reply back, it's still a really weird experience. I don't know oh, about yeah. you guys, if if anyone that uh, you've reviewed on your show hit you back and say, hey listen yeah. to the episode <laughs> yeah yeah it's funny enough more recently that's been happening where like folks will respond and like usually yeah like you know it's like the episodes like we're not like going in on anybody usually but um but yeah but i don't know sometimes like i'm like i don't ever want authors to think that we're like making fun of the books or anything like that because i don't know we just i don't know we just be like talking shit and just like we'll just i don't know when we talk about the characters we're just very like flippant sometimes Silly. and so Flippance. yeah that's i wouldn't want them it. to think Flippance. that we're like trying to like you know make light of anything and, and and i will say you know like when serious topic like subject matters and things like that come up we do handle that respectfully but yeah folks will get back and you know they'll be usually they're like oh thanks for like I you know recording or whatever i'm trying to think, my favorite response back from an author probably was for mapping the interior yes oh my god <laughs> because the show we so we did a little clip and the clip we chose it was like some back and forth between mars me and i that was like kind of whiling and the author was just like this sounds like fun and we were like this is very validating <laughs> yeah like Stephen <laughs> graham jones was just like yeah this sounds like the most fun that ever was and i was like oh my god that's the greatest oh, compliment uh, so, right. so yeah so it's 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 something but um but yeah, it's yeah that whole idea of like, oh, you were like an abstract idea, and now you're like a person. Yes, I'm like, oh, fuck, that was not, very much did that. not think you would respond. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> interesting. But um, speaking of not thinking about responses or transitions, <laughs> I have a question. <laughs> oh, love that. What is your question? Okay, so since the video game visual novel that we're about to read is about sports so it's essentially like a sports anime you know mm-hmm. and that's like a genre where it's usually some young people in high school sometimes middle school and they're on some type of team swimming running volleyball basketball mm-hmm. take your pick and they come together with camaraderie and love for the game and the sport and they learn about each other and teamwork and work out their traumas and there's lots of love mm. and a lot of homoerotic undertones which is great yes um <laughs> and so, it's a very popular genre so if you could be in a sports anime, two two part question. Subsection A, what game would it be? Okay. Subsection two, what position would you play? Mm. See, I have like my obvious answer that I like that's like my immediate go to because it's just like my favorite game. But then I'm like, what I want to do that in the sports anime? Hmm. <laughs> See, the thing is, I have no athletic ability, so mm. for being realistic here i'd have to pick a sport where it's minimal effort but then that's like the opposite of what a sport would be oh my god well there's there can be that like character on the in the on the team who's like i'm terrible at this or they're like or you know there's a manager you know someone <laughs> who's like there to plan the game meetings there's like true you know there are positions 
Quite true. Okay, I think you can just pick like Hikaru no Go and just like play a board game. Is that a sport though? (laughs) Yeah, sports (laughs) are board games. I actually love that. Yeah, totally. Esports. Is there esports anime yet? There's gotta be. There there has to be. There's all these like all these all these. There has to be a lol anime out there. Mm. Oh my god, I can totally see an esports anime, and like I can see that cut screen when that's like someone typing and clicking really fast, like oh Death god. Note, right? except with like, a mouse and like <laughs> click, 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 yeah. and then the music's playing. I and mean, we already have esports like YA, so why not? It's the next step. Yeah, it's it's that. This is true. <laughs> Love that, Marcy. Do you have? Do you yeah. Have so I'm just gonna go with my favorite game. Um, it would definitely be a dodgeball anime. I love dodgeball so much. Like it, like. It, like, defies comprehension, even with myself. I just love that game so much. I have no idea why. I've always loved it a lot. So I would definitely do a dodgeball anime. The thing about dodgeball, like, there's not really positions. Well, I guess there are positions, but they're kind of, like, self-manufactured. Like, some teams will do the thing Mm. where, like, they'll have certain people run up to the middle line to, like, grab the balls and then, like, throw them to the back. Like, they'll have this kind of, like, front-back situation going on. Mm. Um or some people who are like, and the people who are in the front usually are the ones who are like maybe like really agile so they can like dodge a lot, but also like kind of hit people or like catch the balls or whatever. I'd say my position would be more of like a, I kind of like the idea of just like being in the action. So like I would maybe oh, be like, okay. I feel like I'd be the person to like run up to the front and just be like, okay, now I got to like grab a ball and like jump back and like I'm like dodging and like woo, like just like, I don't know, like soaring throughout the space <laughs> and just like doing a lot. Um and then, like, the people behind kind of serve as, like, a, okay, like, when the people in the front inevitably get hit, because they will, um, y'all can kind of, like, jump in and do whatever <laughs> is necessary. I will say, though, oh, my God, I'm thinking about the episode. I like the idea of having an episode where, like, I'm, like, still trying to figure out, like, my, like, lane in dodgeball. And maybe I'm, like, kind of shy. Mm. So I'll, like, stay in the, like, in the corner. And, like, at one point, like, my whole team goes down. Like, it's, like, basically everyone against me, like, five on one or something. And they, like, throw a ball at me. And, like, out of fear, I, like, catch it. And then my whole team is, like, jumps back in. And we, like, take the game. I feel like that could be a really dope arc. And then from there, I, like, gain the, like, self-confidence to, like, go to the front and be like, I can do this, too. Um... That's not who I am, but I feel like if I had a show, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I feel like that'd be a really nice like storyline. Like, yeah. So that's what I would do. I love this. First of all, the fact that you chose Dodgeball, I really was not <laughs> expecting that. <laughs> I was expecting anything else. Really? I also did not know Dodgeball was your favorite game. Absolutely. But the second you said it, mm-hmm. I was like, that's his favorite game. It has to. That's yep. it. I figured it out. Marcy, are you playing um, Knockout City by chance? I'm not. What, what is that? It's a new like uh, multiplayer. It's kind of a shooter, but it's not. But it's basically... If um like if it's like a team based shooter but with dodgeball, get the fuck. Oh, hold on. oh wow! Oh my god! I think it just came out a week or two ago. Um, but it's it's out on like all platforms right now. That's so fu- okay. So I knew that sounded alley. familiar because like Steam was like, Yo. you would like this. Play this, and I was like, <laughs> girl, sports, what? But like, wait, what? Like these can comp- wow. The software that just knows way too much about us. Yeah, I'm definitely about to look into this because that sounds amazing. <laughs> Wow. Oh my god. I love this. Okay, what about you, Rira? Any thoughts? Um, like I said, I have like no athletic ability, but let's just pretend that I do. My favorite sport is figure skating. Yes. Um, I kind of fell off of it this year because uh the figure skating schedule for competitions just kind of like went out the window and a couple of figure skaters that I really like got uh covid. So I was mm. like there's no one to cheer for. Uh but um <laughs> yeah, like I 
like I really love ice dancing. It's just mm. I don't know, like the the speed of skating and just like um like the beautiful choreography. Like I I mm-hmm. love it. So mm. that would probably be if I had to be in any anime, it would be like an ice skating anime. I feel like I I've watched that. like Ooh. every single ice skating related movie, real life and animated. <laughs> Mm. I love this. Okay, sure that's a get, good one. I should get the Yuri on Ice question a lot. Uh, I have so many Yuri on Ice keychains. Yeah, was uh, <laughs> like I, I feel have like so much merch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yesterday, I was like, Marcy. like yesterday, like I went into uh, the office and there was like a new coworker, mm-hmm. and uh, she saw my keychains. Um, I have like these two really obnoxiously large uh, Yuri on Ice keychains. Love that. But usually people don't know what they are. So I've gotten like pretty comfortable being like, oh, yeah, like no one knows what this is. They won't know mm. how big of a nerd I am. <laughs> and uh, she was like, oh, I love your Yuri on Ice uh, keychains. And I was just like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> I was just like, oh, uh, yeah, I have a lot of like nerdy. Uh, interest. Okay, it was nice meeting you. Bye. It just kind of like, like ran out there. Literally ran. <laughs> no, Love because that. like right before, right before that, um, like she and I had never met before, but mm-hmm. uh, like after we like talked a little bit, she was like, "Wait, are you the Rira who likes BTS?" And I'm like, "Who is saying all of my nerdy <laughs> hobbies at this office? I feel so exposed right now." <laughs> And I just, like, had to, like, I was just like, oh, my God. Like, with BTS and Yuri on Ice, like, I can't. Like, I look, I look like such a weirdo. All right. Running away. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. I, oh, my God. I feel like every time I'm, like, sad and I'm like, man, like, there needs to be hope for the future. Like, so, like, the Yuri on Ice theme song starts playing in my head. I'm like, yeah, we were. We, we were born this, to make like, history. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. exactly. I'm like, mm. ugh. Anyway, but, okay, so do you have a position you would play? Would you be a, a coach? Oh would you be I think a I would be a coach simply because I've watched so many ice skating competitions and I feel like Ooh. I have enough knowledge. Mm. Yeah. Ooh, I love this. Nice. Love it. Okay, Marvin, what about you? God, what's the last sports anime I watched? It's usually not in my rotation. Last one I watched was probably the volleyball one, Haikyuu. But Haikyuu, yeah. I think, mm. uh, I mean, if I'm to be totally honest and this is going on my like, it's kind of a sport, right? But uh, Shokugeki no Soma, the, the Food Wars anime, I would probably mm. be ah. in that one just because I love Top Chef and I really want to. Uh, That's true. You really love yeah. Top Chef. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. I like it because it's the same dynamic, like a competition game. You're like cooking. You can be on a team. Sometimes there's no team. Okay. Yeah. I like this. And every week you learn about a new technique, just like every other yeah. sports anime. This week we learn mm. about the block. <laughs> <laughs> It's true, and there's there's someone in the audience who's like, "Wow, he's frying with peanut oil. It's a great <laughs> choice. However, it could be risky if someone is now, you know, yeah. like the <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I would probably be a sous chef because I don't have the creative capacity to to make the dishes, but I can execute. Um, I used to work ah. in a, in the cafeteria, not even kitchen. I used to work in a cafeteria, and I was mm-hmm. I would be in the kitchen. So, uh. Nice. Basic skills. (laughs) I like this. You know how, like in an anime, there's always like the 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 quote unquote main character, but they have their like second in command who like is actually running things. Like that would be you. Like the guy would be like, "Oh, that is the story of my life." (laughs) (laughs) Rira knows. That that is true. Yeah, Yeah. you're the guy who makes it happen. 
really. Yeah, it's like the, the Koya to the Tamaki kind of situation. <laughs> mm. um, that's an Oran High School host. Yes, I, I, I got the reference. <laughs> I should have got, got, gotten that. I literally forgot their names. I was like, I should know this. I should know who she's talking about, but I don't. <laughs> It was actually more for the audience because I realized I reference Naruto all the time. And sometimes I'm like, not all of your audience watches anime. And I was like, good point, good point. Probably shouldn't just throw Itachi into my reference without <laughs> any context. Um, mine would be a marching band. Oh, it would yes. Be, I know, right? I was like, I can't decide between like a drum line and I would be like the head of the drum line or um, the conductor who like stands and like. But like, so I would start off season one I, or the, the pre-story would be like in middle school, I was at like a football game and I saw the conductor and like the way they moved their arms inspired me. And then like season one and two, I'd be like trying to become the best conductor ever. Mm. You know, there'd be lots of like failings and then I'd be in competition with some other person in the band. <laughs> and then by the end, we'd like end up, I don't know, competing or something. And maybe I'd have a rival in a different school. And I don't know, they'd be like who would have thought that like the drum line would come from like the top of the, the, the bleachers and then the, the, the people with like, you know, like the dance crew came in from like the ground. They came in from the ground. Oh, and, then, and it's like before they didn't even think y'all were showing up. They're like, oh, guess they gave up. And then y'all literally right. just descend from the sky. And they're like, what the fuck? Right, right. Like the tubas come down on like, what's it called? Parasite gliders or something. Like, so... <laughs> I see it. Honestly, too, I feel like these could all come together as well. Like, there could be some kind of event that, like, combines, like, figure skating, Battle of the Bands, and, like, food and dodgeball. And, like, I don't know what that looks like yet, but I feel like there could be, like, a really dope-ass collaboration episode. So, (laughs) just want to A crossover episode. Mm -hmm. So... Not to be yeah. like a heavy and glasses pushing up moment, but uh, you mean drum major, right? <laughs> Sorry, I used to be in marching band. So. Oh, I was, I was just about to ask, like, oh, it, has anyone like actually been in marching band or band? Me, I have. Me. So you were you were drums. No, I was a woodwind. I was I was a flute and trombone were my instruments. What? You were a flautist? Mm. Oh yeah. my god, that's so. I'm learning something new about you after like five years of just <laughs> being on the same podcast. I was an oboe player, so I oh, uh, love that. I couldn't be in marching band because double reeded instruments are oboes are the are oboes which is are just flutes with reeds. It's the same fingerings. Uh yeah yeah oh. kind of it's like it's like a cross between a flute and a clarinet and uh, I picked it because of college applications well, and yeah. because someone asked like hey like would you like to play oboe we ne- we really need an oboe player and it's just like I really don't want to but I guess <laughs> sure. I will sure right. and because I was the only oboe player in school in middle school and high school uh, Damn. I, was always, I was always first chair and nice. on my college applications I was like first chair oboist go ahead that yeah. is an eight Asian yes. American pro tip. I don't know why Butterfly Soup didn't have that in theirs. They should have. They really should have. <laughs> Noelle should have had. Like she should have been an oboist. <laughs> I went to. I went like when I went to school. When I finally got into college, I like met like six other Asian American oboists. And Wait, like, oh, stop. Like, oboists specifically, not like a flautist. No, or no, a we were all. Oh, there's, there's, there's way too many of us. There's flout flutes is like probably like the second biggest section next to like the trumpets. That's true, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was band manager until I quit to (laughs) join the lacrosse team, which I promptly got cut from. And then you were on the lacrosse team. Then I was Oh no, I was cut from the uh, last yes, tryouts. As you said. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> I was neither the band manager nor a lacrosse player. Mm. Um so there you go. Interesting. 
I love that. Love that. I love that you were first chair oboist and that you were flautist. I played the clarinet until one day I was like, I hate this, which is really at the beginning. It's so funny because <laughs> I feel like the clarinet was like the instrument for me that got away. Um, like I really wanted to play the clarinet, but I ended up playing. You're missing nothing. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, ended up, I ended up playing the trumpet begrudgingly instead. Um for like a year and it was like weird because like at my school I was like new so like everyone else knew how to like read music and play but I like didn't and so like they kind of just like threw me in the band and I was like girl like I literally have no experience and they're like yeah girl you got it and I was like what the fuck so of course I quit the next year because it was embarrassing oh my god whenever we had like playing tests like it was like the most anxiety because like everyone would be like oh my god playing playing." tests are the worst because I would just be by myself trying to like play this music and the teacher would literally be like okay okay you um thank you for ch- okay oh uh, i think we're done here next and i'm like it was mortifying but um it was one mortifying. day we'll go back we'll go back so i i loved it I was- <laughs> marvin was like it was not mortifying for me i loved it so much i like played extra band i was in oh marching God, band concert band nerd. and jazz band <laughs> Ooh, jazz band yes, okay. jazz band <laughs> Oh Not only God, were you a fun. flautist, you were a jazz flautist. That's how I know that you were like a complete <laughs> nerd. I feel like if you met Lizzo, you could be like, hey, Lizzo, let's join, you know, forces. And then you could be like, can you beatbox? Can you beatbox and flute? No, I cannot. Oh. Fair. But I may or may not have also been in drama club and started a musical. <sighs> I'm obsessed with your past. <laughs> right. I love it's everything you're story. saying. <laughs> We need to like bring this up in a Books and Boba episode because I really want to know more. Have we not? I <laughs> no, feel like... we've never. You've never mentioned <laughs> like, that no. you were a flautist. You've never mentioned that you were in drama club. Why is it that I'm learning about this like now? <laughs> On someone else's podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. It's it's such a betrayal, but whatever. I'm dead. Well, you never asked. You know what's a wild thing, though? <laughs> that was, well, I guess racist now that I think about it. Actually, it was very racist. So I guess I'll debunk it. They said my lips were too big to play the flute. Get the fuck out of here. What? No, they did not. No, they told what? me that I was 12 years old. Ciao. And they said, sorry, your lips are too big. And then I like thought about it years later. And I'm like, I'm 100% sure that's just racist. That's not a thing. That is, yeah. That is so not, not a thing. thing. literally not. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, I'm sorry. For all the, the black fuck? kids out here who may or may not live in Texas. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you can play the flute. <laughs> Follow your dreams. Mm. right i also didn't want to play the flute in the end i was just doing it because all the, the cool girls did it and actually i dodged the bullet although i kind of ran into the bullet again since i chose to play the clarinet anyway whatever um <laughs> so <laughs> we're gonna take a break yes <laughs> <laughs> and when we come back um we're going to talk about butterfly soup Woo! Woo! So we're going to do a quick summary of Butterfly Soup, and then we will jump into our discussion. So we, there are four main characters in this book. We have Dia, who's a quiet Indian-American girl who is very good at baseball and tall and strong, but, you know, has some social anxiety. It's a little bit nervous. 
Um, we have Min So, who also goes by Min, and she is upfront, direct, moderately violent, and she's Korean American, and she loves baseball as well. She also has a twin brother who's kind of a side character. He has a subplot, but it's not that interesting. And I guess they have a friend <laughs> that I didn't even mention because it's actually irrelevant. Anyway, and then <laughs> there's Noelle. She's like a tactical smart prankster. She's Taiwanese American, and she is struggling like kind of with her parents' expectations. Um, and she also doesn't like sports like at all. So there's that. And then there's Akarsha, who is the jokester kind of class clown who uses jokes to mask her sorrow. She's also Indian American, but from a different part of India. And she may or may not like baseball. Like she might just be in there for the chaos. Like honestly, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) very much. (laughs) (laughs) So, and the story starts from Dia's perspective and th- she is in the third grade and we learn that of course she loves baseball and she's super good at it and she's one of the only girls who plays baseball at her school. Then we also learn about Min who identifies as a girl currently in the story but it's hinted that she identifies as non-binary or trans. We're not sure because the story doesn't get that far yet but I think there's a pretty good hint of it. Um, so mm-hmm. Min is the only other girl identified person on the baseball team and very early on we see that Min has very strong feelings for Dia and Dia also has a childhood friend named Noelle and they are very close and Min is kind of jealous of Noelle and Dia's relationship so Dia tried tried to introduce Min to Noelle but she said what she was it was like I don't even know it went terribly <laughs> like that's the first thing they say they're like that just did not go well so Dia and Min spent a lot of time together but then we find out da, 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 that Min and her family are moving to Florida they live in California so Florida is very very far away in mm-hmm. fact it's on the other coast of America so like the yeah, furthest away the ninth, like honestly it's literally if there there could not be a furthest one unless she like went to Maine <laughs> they live in LA in California. Um no, they no, live in Oakland. They live in actually. Oakland, yeah. Yes. So now everyone knows that I'm not from Cali since I thought those were close together, but they're not because <laughs> one's in North Cal. <laughs> so really Florida really is the f- furthest place they could have gone. So um Min tells Dia that she will be back for her, but she's also nine and it's the nineteen nineties, so it's unlikely. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess it's the early two thousands. Um Yeah, because this anyway, game so, takes place in two thousand eight. Yes. Yeah. So I guess it would have been I guess two thousand three, but still unlikely because in two thousand three cell phones still weren't popping like that. But fast forward, five years in the future, two thousand eight. Dia is hanging out with Noel and Akarsha, and they are always playing tricks on each other. Like Noel, like put a, um, a library sensor in Akarsha's backpack. It's like a whole thing. Uh, Akarsha pretends to be less intelligent than she is, and uses like word games to evade people and her feelings and absurd responses to get on Noel's nerves. And Dia just kind of, I don't, is there? She's like, I don't know. The chaos is happening. I'm calm in the storm. So one day, Noelle is feeling really sick, um, and she, but she doesn't want to miss gym class. And this is important because everyone here is worried about their grades because that's the immigrant narrative. Your parents tell you that a B is failing and an A minus is why didn't you do better? And so Noelle's really worried because she's not good at sports and her gym class grade is the lo- lowest and it will ruin her GPA. So Akarsha, even though her and Noelle pretend to be arguing when really it's just kind of flirtatious, okay, kind of <laughs> intense flirtatious, but into, mm-hmm. she like <laughs> hacks into the fire alarm and starts playing the Mario theme song. So everyone is forced to the field and 
Akarsha does this. No, not to Noel's knowledge. She's like, <gasps> aghast. And Akarsha's like, I mean, I really just, this is supposed to be a romantic gesture, really. <laughs> so while they're out, um, Dia thinks she sees Min, but she's like, that's impossible. Min was here five years ago. I'm just seeing things. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has a dream about Min later. It's actually like, a, you know, it's a it's a plot point so that we can learn more about their time together when they're kids. Like, Dia's teaching Min like Hindi and Min's teaching her some Korean and it's like very cute. I think they're in a tunnel. It's fun. Um, Mm -hmm. And so when Dia wakes up, she's like, I think I am a lesbian and I'm also in love with Min who is not here. So later at school, she sees a flyer for the baseball team. And I, it's, so it's a visual novel. So I think you could also sign up by accident in a f- like flurry and when you meet Liz the first time. But I did not do that. Me neither, like, actually. sign something. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't do that. But <laughs> you eventually join. <laughs> and Liz, who is a senior on the team, who's kind of a side character, along with Krissa, who's the captain, who's also a side character, they're like, you should join. Um, Dia is hesitant at first, but Noelle's like, I know I care nothing for sports, but I will come and support you, which is really sweet of her. So she goes to the meeting, and Akarsha shows up because chaos. And right. Krissa, who's the, <laughs> the official team leader, is like, okay, Honestly, we don't actually have any money and this is not a real team. So anyone who wants to join can join. <laughs> and so Noelle's like, I guess I'm in it too. And yeah. Yeah. And so, so picking up. So, um, so yeah. So Noelle was like, I'm going to go home. But then Krista was like, oh, I actually stole your book bag. So you can't do your homework. Um, so now you have to play with us, which I'm like, I guess that's a way of um, getting someone to participate <laughs> in your sports. But, um, but yeah, so all of this happened. Um, at one point, everyone's introducing themselves to one another, and Dia just gets, like, really nervous because, like, they're doing this, like, whole icebreaker where everyone has to say, like, their name and, like, a fun fact about themselves, which I also fucking hate. Like, I'm always like, God, what is my fun fact going to be? Like, I'm like, do I say I'm a twin? Like, what do I say? Yes. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> so Dia was just like, oh, God, I can't deal with this. So she, like, runs off, and, like, Akarsha and Noel run after her. But when she runs, but when Dia runs into the locker room, she actually runes into men, and they have this, like, whole reunion. It's, like, very much Ooh. a lot of, like, sort of, like, some sexual and romantic energy there. Um, at which point, Akarsha and Noel run into the room. And then, like, I, I honestly, I forgot how this started happening. But basically, like, Min and Akarsha kind of got into it. Like, they were, like, fighting. And at one point, like, Min was, like, I think on top of Akarsha, like, trying to choke her. And then Akarsha, like, was able to exit the situation by using, like, like blood from her period, period. period and it was blood. just like yeah. it, it was just like it, it was just like honestly wild and then like Krista and Liz <laughs> ran in and I was like this just is so chaotic anyway so somehow after all of this Akarsha and Min were like let's be friends and it was like yeah yeah, yeah like, we're friends now and I'm like that's an introduction love that um they were like game recognized game exactly yes. <laughs> like man was like you're so unhinged I love it we should be friends um so yes. like so basically so um, at this point, everyone uh, ap- aforementioned. So like Min, Akarsha, Noel, Dia, Krissa, Liz, and then like three other like side characters who are also kind of hilarious, b- basically become this like baseball team that, yeah, super informal, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. So they're practicing and um, we see that like Min actually has this. Um, so Min is like pitching at one point and she has something called like a knuckleball, which is basically this thing, which I had no idea about this. I, pl- I played baseball for years growing up and I, I never knew that this existed. Like, there's a technique where you can throw a ball and basically like you throw it in such a way that the ball itself doesn't spin. And so like, because it doesn't spin, like it's harder to, it's like more unpredictable. So it can kind of just go in like 
any direction. It's hard to hit. It's hard to catch. It's hard to throw. It's just hard for everybody. Mm-hmm. But like, it's kind of like a wild card thing. And it was like kind of this fun, um, cute moment. It was kind of like a cute callback to like an earlier point in this story where like, um, when like Min and um, Dia were watching like a baseball game as kids, like they saw the pitcher do that, and like you know Dia was like, "That's so cool!" And so like you know Min learned how to do it, and it was, ah, it, was, it, was it was just like really <laughs> cute. And I was like, "Oh my god, I love this!" Anyway, um, so yes, but Dia is also the only one who can catch it. Exactly, exactly. And so like during the game, like um, you know Dia's catching, Min is pitching, and like everyone's like, "How the fuck is Dia catching this?" I also was like, "How the fuck is Dia catching this?" But like <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, and it's just yeah, just very very cute. So the team itself becomes um, the Monarchs, um, I think in reference to like a monarch butterfly. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just like very cute. They end up having this game against this other school. Funny enough, it's the same school that Men's Twin June goes to as well as like the friend growing Sorry, I think their school was the Monarchs. I think you get to choose their team name, actually. Yeah, you get to choose their team Oh, my God, you're right. Which, I chose Global Warming. You guys? Oh, you chose Global Warming. I chose Global I chose, Warming. I chose Chicken Nuggets. Yes. <laughs> I think I chose Death Bagel. Oh, was that the only one that chose the the anime one? What was the yeah, anime one? Yeah, probably. <laughs> what was that one? The Semis? The Seams? Yes, oh. the Yaoi one. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, I was role playing as a car. So I was like, this is the one she would pick for sure. Because it's that. her idea. Oh, she would have. You're right. <laughs> but I just like, I'm like, Noelle's like my favorite character. So I was like, she suggested global warming. I'm going to pick that one. We, we, we'll talk into that. We'll, we'll talk about all that. Um, but yes. So, so, yeah, so they become the monarchs, not because of the team name, but instead because of the name of the school. Um, so they're playing like um, June and Hayden. Hayden's the guy that like um, Dia and Min grew up with. The game's like super close, but the monarchs end up winning because of like a really dope strategy um, yeah. on part of like no- on Noelle's part and also. Um, because men's like pitches were like really good. Um, Noel did some shit that Loki. I was like, is this canon? Like, can you do this in baseball? I but, like, love it because she like lawyered the yeah, win, that, yeah, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. So essentially, just so to just kind of lay it out. Essentially, what happened was that like someone hit a ball to Noel while she was in the outfield, and like Noel pretended to catch it, and um, basically everyone who was in the bases were loaded so like everyone who had started running had to run back and so like noel pretended to like throw the ball to liz who pretended to throw it to akarsha and everyone and like they were like triple play because they thought like you know there was an actual ball involved and then they were in the other team was like wait but like that wasn't a real ball like y'all literally just like pretended to like noel didn't even catch the ball to begin with like what are you talking about Mm -hmm. and then noel was like well technically according to the rules of baseball if someone's kind of gives up on their attempt to like run the bases like they're automatically out so because three of you decided to start running and then ran back to your bases even though the ball was still in play triple play and everyone's like what the fuck and even i was like okay um but it worked so even in the game they're like is this can you do that and then liz was like yeah actually you can you you can do that there's a term for it so so yeah so anyway so it's very cute so the monarchs end up winning and so, just in general, though, like, as you continue to play the game, um, it's really interesting because you kind of switch the perspectives of the different characters, and you just sort of see a lot of different aspects of their backstories. So, for example, um, like Akko mentioned, you kind of see more about Noelle's past, where, like, you know, her mom in particular, or really both her parents, just, like, tend to be very um, controlling and don't really, like, allow her to have much of a social life, since they kind of, like, mm-hmm. deem friends to be a distraction from school and, like, um, studies and stuff like that. We see more of, like, men's background, where, like, her father's... Like, rather abusive, honestly, and, like, you know, 
she and him kind of get into a bunch of issues, like a bunch of fights because like he's really disapproving of like her queerness and also just like her gender expression. And like, you know, men herself also too, sort of struggling with some of her feelings around Dia. She's like, how do I feel about her? Like, I know I like, like, what do I do with this? Um, and, you know, we also see that, like, Akarsha herself is also, like, pretty depressed and very much uses, like, humor as, like, a form of escape. Um, Akarsha herself identifies as bi and, like, is super casual about it. Like, super, like, it's just like, yeah, like, you're yeah. on bi. Like, it's not, like, that deep, which we love. Um, and, you know, like, Dia is struggling with her sexuality, coming to understand, like, how she identifies sexually, but also just, like, with social anxiety and stuff like that. And so, like, as this, as everyone continues to, like, play on the on the baseball team... Men and Noel, who were like, who were like arch nemesis, like literally fucking mm-hmm. hated each other, like kind of start to get closer and they start to relate to one another experiences, just like struggling with their parents and stuff like that. Um, it's funny, there was actually a scene where like the two of them pretended to be, have this like whole tu- tutor, like student relationship so that they could all like hang out with their friends. It's just like very, very cute. You kind of see everyone become a lot closer to one another. And yeah, just like kind of move throughout this like sort of like weird, nebulous adolescent 2008 like space. Um mm-hmm. And essentially kind of like the, the the end of the game is basically a scene where like Noel and Akarsha like kind of help like <laughs> men like I guess take um Dia out on a date and like they end up all like skipping school. Well not skipping school. They like during lunch they like run to get like shaved ice. Um Akko, you're about to say something? Yeah. I love how you literally heard my gasp. Um <laughs> Uh, Dia, what does she do? She confesses to Akarsha first that she is queer. I guess she comes out to Akarsha first that she's queer. And then Akarsha is like, that's when Akarsha is like, yeah, I'm bi. And also, Min's in love with you. And Dia's like, say what? And then mm. Noel and Min are talking. And Min's like, supposedly, in theory, if I wanted to cast Dia, <laughs> like, how in theory would I do that? And Noel's like, I mean, in theory, I guess you would find something blue that she likes to eat. Mm. And like, she like gives her the order of like literally. That she would prefer. <laughs> <laughs> So. Yeah, so so yeah, so they end up going on a date, um, men and Dia. And like of course in the in the cut, like in the corner are sitting like Akarsha yeah. and Noel, like trying to be slick. Like mm-hmm. like Noel's like wearing a mask and like I think Akarsha has this like drawn on mustache and I'm like, these disguises are hella weak, but whatever. <laughs> um and so like basically, yeah, so it's like shenanigans abound. Um at the end of the date, essentially like men and Dia end up like making out like at their table, but like men had like climbed on the table to do so and like the table broke, so they got like banned from the like it, a mess. Anyway, um <laughs> so the book basically or sorry, the visual novel ends with sort of everyone like just sort of talking and like there's like this newfound energy between like Dia and Min um, and the characters are kind of just speaking directly to the player talking about how like you know you deserve happiness and that like you know in in this time the reason why the game is called Butterfly Soup is because there's sort of like this ongoing metaphor throughout the story where like um, they talk like caterpillars are kind of a symbol and how like I guess in the metaphor morphosis between a, ca- a caterpillar becoming a butterfly like as a cocoon which I didn't even know this apparently like I guess when a caterpillar becomes a cocoon there's like um like the body of the caterpillar like liquefies while it's in it Mm -hmm. and then later emerges as a butterfly and so like this idea of like you're kind of this like weird butterfly suit before you fully emerge is like who you are in this kind of like self-realized way um there's just a lot like a lot of room for like exploration and beauty and friendship and love and all those different things and so butterfly soup kind of like indicates this like transition that all of them are sort of moving throughout like in their lives and in their understandings of each other's and in themselves so yeah so they all become like really close friends it's just really cute i just i just Mm -hmm. oh my i just yeah that that's basically the visual novel
Oh my god, y'all. When I tell you I love I loved this game. <laughs> like I just it truly was just so charming and fun and just like fucking hilarious like we, like aqua and i kind of like you know we sort of skipped a few different details but like there were just like so many shenanigans throughout the mm-hmm. throughout the visual novel like i remember at one point like after the monarchs had already won the the baseball game against the other team like they like akarsha and min like played this joke where they like took um a pad and like put gatorade on it and like threw it at like june and like his friend for like no reason like they already no lost they <laughs> and like it just yeah. like it just amounted to all this chaos and like shenanigans like at one point like everyone was like at the mall and like akarsha like jumped into like a water fountain and was like collecting mm-hmm. like the money that like people men had thrown came into too, it. Of course. right men did that as well they like went into the a buffet and they like tried to snug like smuggle in men in like a in like a sports bag, bag because she's yeah. really, right in a duffel bag because she's like really short and they were like oh like we can eat all nine of us for the price of eight look at look at that and of course they get caught it's just just <laughs> foolishness <laughs> foolishness and absurdity and i was here for all of it i just honestly mm-hmm. loved just yeah just like the humor and all of that going on i also just found that like just the characterization and the details were just really really interesting um like, for example, I remember, like, um, in describing Akarsha, like, when she was introducing the narrative, um, Dia says something to the effect of, like, oh, Akarsha's the type of person that, like, wouldn't give you your pencil back, yes. like, in class. <laughs> or, like, earlier yes. in the in the visual novel, when everyone, when Dia, Min, and June were, like, at that baseball game, um, like, Dia had popcorn at one point, and she, like, went up to June and was, like, like offered him some popcorn, and he took, like, a single piece, and she was like, oh, girl, you can have more than that, and he was like, oh, thank you, and took another, another single, single piece. piece. <laughs> Meanwhile, she goes to Min and is like, hey, do you want some of this popcorn, and Min just, like, takes a whole fistful and shoves it all in her mouth, so it's just, like, these small details, even down to, like, the texting, like, how they would text each other, like, each, yeah. every person's, like, texting style was very specific. I just felt like the details given to each character were just really, really, like, like in a way that was both thoughtful and like diverse you just kind of saw like there was just such a like consistency in who they were across these different mediums which i like mm-hmm. in a video game hadn't like or at least in re- recent memory haven't really seen that kind of portrayal so anyway i just yeah i lived for it love the details um what did y'all think um you- usually i oh go go ahead oh go ahead go ahead Oh, I was just going to say, like, usually when I play visual novel games, they're usually made in Japan. So Mm. uh, they're localized. And uh, obviously, there's like, it's different cultures. So Mm -hmm. this was like, kind of one of the first times I played an American visual novel game. And Mm -hmm. I was really surprised by like, how, um, how much I related to some of the characters. And I thought that was like, Mm -hmm. really refreshing. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, these are characters, like you mentioned, this is um, Oakland in 2008. Um, I'm going to assume that these kids are from the Oakland, like San Jose area. They're probably actually in like Saratoga or Cupertino because that's where all the Asians are. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I have a lot of friends from this area too. And it was really funny because I had heard about this game a couple years ago, but I had forgotten that it was specifically Asian American like themed and that was really cool to discover and there's a lot of inside jokes that i don't know if um marcianko you guys picked up on but i'm sure rira and i definitely picked up on oh, because yeah, of definitely. our like our our um our upbringings Can you give um, an example? 
because <laughs> I probably did it honestly. Uh, when I when I was when I was playing, uh, I couldn't help but like I was just like, oh, like Marvin is definitely going to point this out. But uh, they joke saying like, oh, the rest of there's only four percent of Asians in America, and mm. Min and Dia is like that can't be right. Have you seen <laughs> our neighborhood? There are so many Asian people. Like Hayden, you're like the only white boy at our school like you're mm. you're definitely wrong and i was just thinking <laughs> about marvin who grew up around so many asians and yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I grew up in san gabriel california which uh, my high school was to put in perspective 40 percent hispanic 40 percent asian and 20 percent everything else and maybe mm. like five percent white <laughs> mm. and i know um the places where the places in the bay area where these girls are probably from um, their schools are probably more than 50% Asian. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I was just like, I, what is that like? <laughs> <laughs> but also a little nitpick though. Um, they talk about getting boba. And I, I know for a fact, Bay Area Asians don't say boba. They say, they say pearl tea. tea. Oh, no, never mind. Oh, yeah. No, bubble tea is an East Coast thing. Yeah. PT, pearl tea is the Bay Area. <laughs> yeah. They say, they, they, they say pearl tea? Pearl tea, yeah. Pearl tea, pearl tea. Yeah, because the yeah. drink itself this is like culture lesson time. There's two different ways to <laughs> to order it. One is mm-hmm. zenzu naita, which is actually pearl milk tea, and one is boba naita, which is boba milk tea. And they both mean the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. Um, boba is more the Cantonese um, slang version of it. Mm. I was gonna say when I when I was mm-hmm. playing, I was like, didn't Marvin say? And like, I remember we were talking about because when we were reading She of the Mountain. I was like, yeah, you know, when you like grow up in a place where you're a minority, and Marvin was like, honestly, <laughs> that's not my experience. And I was like, reading, I was like, ah, this is making a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoyed that they had such a diversity in Asian American representation. Mm. You know, you had your Korean American, you had your Taiwanese American, but you also had two different types of like Desi American, right? You had um, Akarsha, who is, I'm assuming, Hindu, Hindi. Um, and then you had, um, Daya, who's actually Tamil, and the language that she teaches um, teaches Min isn't Hindi at all. It's it's Tamil. It's it's like a southern dialect of India. Mm. Oh yeah, like when Minsa tells uh, Dia, like, "Hey, uh, this is how you say hi, 사랑해." I was like, "That's not how you say hi. <laughs> that, that's I love you in Korean." So sneaky. Okay, so I was just slick. about to. I was gonna I thought, ask. Yeah. I was like, "What does she teach Dia?" I had no idea. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Oh wait, but then she, well, when she Dia said it later in the in the visual novel, yeah, and she blushed. Oh that's when God. I was like, when she was like, "You can't say this to anyone else." I was like, "That's not how grammar works." I told her <laughs> don't say what it to children. Don't. <laughs> right. Oh my um, gosh, Aka, what did you think? I was gonna say, yeah, I really, I, to Marvin's point, I really like that. Like you're saying, there's Southeast Asian Americans in here as well. And not just like not separately, right? Like both together, because um, I think there's there's like a lot of similarities, but also differences. And I don't know if there's a ton of stories with like East Asian, Southeast Asian Americans as the focus. So I really thought that was cool. I liked the the fact that when Min left to go to Florida, there was like that, even in America, that difference of like, well, when I was here, everyone was Asian or Southeast Asian or, you know, Latinx. But in Florida, it's not like that. Like it was the population of white Americans was so much higher. And it just kind of shows, I feel like, as an American, you can relate as a minority when you're in different parts of America, like your minority status is different. So I don't know. That was like a cool note. I really, really liked the subtle. It felt like very much 
indicative of sort of like the pain we went through as millennials but like mm-hmm. it's hard to put a pin on which is like like gen z i think has a has a different struggles but in like the 2008 there was like this egregious optimism about obama while like terrible racist things were still happening (laughs) and there was like i think this like nihilism in the millennial coming of age that's it was like covered up with a sort of joking like (laughs) dark humor um that does not translate that well into the present (laughs) by the way yeah most of the things gen z gets mad about you're like yeah honestly we're all just in a lot of pain we definitely shouldn't have said any of those things but like mostly it was to cover up like the (laughs) i mean yeah i mean to borrow from like dark day rise right like gen z was kind of born in the darkness like we grew up in the light and then 2008 hit and then the economy collapsed i mean 2008 was when i was like fresh out of college and like and like Rira, you probably remember this. You probably like um, this is when like there were no jobs anymore. All the, everything that was promised to us that oh, if you go to school, if you follow the the formula, you'll mm-hmm. get a good job, you have a good life. All of that was taken away from us because of greedy bankers, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Everything kind of. And I think what was hard, like what I really related to, was when Akarsha and I think it was Noel. I can't remember who was talking. It could have been Min and Noel, but they were talking about like oh, I thought racism was over. But it was like very tongue-in-cheek. And I, mm-hmm. I remember being as a teenager, I literally was in that class. Oh, my school was quite racist. And one girl literally, so like racist things happened on the regular. So I think like that morning, something racist had happened. And then that afternoon, I went to English class and a girl was like, I don't know why anyone's mad. Like racism is over, Obama's president. And I was like, Yikes. wow, I don't really know what to do about this like this, like this." reality dissonance that's occurring right now. <laughs> mm. um, and I liked the book kind of touched, no, it's a visual novel, touched on that in a way that um, I haven't really seen in other mediums, but maybe we'll start to since this was made in 2017. So, Yeah, I think this is like a perspective that you don't really get unless you have like a non-white perspective, right? Mm. Mm. Yeah. No, expand. <laughs> no, it's because it's... it's hmm. It's different when you're like in a like basically we are taking the perspective of four girls who are like we're seeing their inner monologue. That's the thing about visual novels, right? It's like you get to see their inner monologues, you get to see what they're thinking at all times, and you're focused on what their what their thoughts are. And um obviously when you're there, like when you're taking the role of a person of color, that becomes like I mean, we all know this, right? Like we don't we can't choose we didn't we never chose to become people of color it's just who we are and mm. the world never lets us forget it right so there's mm. always this constant tension or it's constant you know constant reminder that we're not mainstream and i think that um that comes that that kind of tension comes through when you're when we have like own voices writers writing these stories because mm-hmm. we are very aware of it whereas like if you know like say a white writer writes about it, they're writing about something they've heard about, not something that that they've lived, Mm. right? That's a really good point. And I liked the intersection of like queerness and uh, Asian American culture because, Mm. um, you know, like a lot of of our parents, they're from, I mean, they're from like a very conservative background and queerness is something that, you know, wasn't really familiar to them, um, especially in like, the Korean American community, like we mm-hmm. are, I would say like maybe eighty uh, percent evangelicals, where we're Christians or uh, Catholics. Mm-hmm. So um, gayness is not really considered uh, 
like it's not accepted within a lot of Korean American families, and you see that in Min So and uh, Jun So's family. Like uh, mm. her parents are very strict about gender roles. Uh, they say like, "Oh, you're a girl, so you have to have long hair. You can't play mm. the Game Boy. It's called a Game Boy for a reason." Mm. Um, like you cut your hair, so like how are you going to find a husband? Uh, these are all things that I kind of heard growing up, um, and you know, it's it's very indicative of of like I don't know about like other Asian cultures, but it's very indic, uh, but it's very much like Korean culture. Um, I think it's every culture that Confucianism has touched. Well, yeah, like yeah. But, <laughs> like I say this uh, pretty often, but like here in America, I feel my color more, I feel my race more, but when I go to Korea, like the misogyny and the patriarchy is just like 10 times worse mm. and um even though i'm like oh i'm Kore-, like i feel american in korea but i feel more oppressed as like a cisgender woman and uh just like i notice a lot of things that are very sexist in korea but it's considered normal in society and mm-hmm. um you kind of see that with immigrant parents here they like they don't understand that it's sexist to think about things this way that gender norms are uh harmful but you know Mm -hmm. they just kind of grew up with it so it's considered normal Mm. Mm. yeah i i'm so immigrant not not asian not part of the asian diaspora but similarly um there there were a lot of similarities here which was kind of refreshing actually to to see because it made me feel like less alone um but I remember as a kid, <laughs> my parents were like, it says Game Boy, so you can't play it. And then my cousin came over once and was like, and he was like older, but like, because I was born in America, but my cousin was was born in our home country, but was younger than my parents. And he was like, "That you know, that's just a name. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Anyone can play a Game Boy. My parents like thought about it for a second. They're like, because I think he said it in our native tongue, like tongue too. And they're like, hmm. You're making sense. <laughs> like you can play now. And but um but I remember when I read that in the visual novel, I was like, oh yeah, that did happen. And like so many little things like that, or like the grades, like who I was like when she was like, I can't get lower than an A minus. Oh my god, like, yeah. Oh my like god. I was getting war <laughs> flashbacks. It was it yes. was real bad. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, I'm shaking. But um I I think that those details, like you guys are saying, were so poignantly, they were just poignant because it felt very made for, like like you were saying, Rira, like, oh, this visual novel is made for me almost, like kind of. Okay, so, all right, so why don't we go around and kind of talk about our favorite characters or who spoke to you the most or hell, whatever you want. Uh, (laughs) 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 Whatever we want. Love that. Let's start with you, Marzi. Okay. So like I said in the plot summary, I li- I lived for Noelle's character. I just felt like I- I'm I'm like trying to put it into words. Like it's just okay. So Akarsha and Min were just like very much like here with the shits, down for sh- like tomfoolery always. Like Dia was like very quiet, but like Noelle, I-, I I think I liked her a lot because she was like I don't know maybe if I like maybe like related to her in some different ways, but like I found her like honestly hilarious. Like I thought like I would literally <laughs> cackle at the shit she would say because like it's like juxtaposing like her like faux seriousness, this faux like normalcy like f- thing that she's trying to like you know kind of put up um, next to everyone's just like 
ridiculousness. Like it was just, it just made for like such hilarious like back and forth. Um, Akko's gonna be like, oh my god, I cannot believe this bitch is bringing this up. But like, I remember. <laughs> so Noel's character actually reminded me a lot of um one of my favorite anime. Uh, I don't know if either of you watched um Bo 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 Bo. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like no So on that, so for context for everyone else, um, in case you aren't familiar, basically it's a show about beauty. Yeah, it, basically, yeah. This is basically TLDR is a show about like this like gang of heroes who are trying to like um stop these like people from like cutting off everyone's hair and like limiting their expression and like this kingdom that they live in. Um, and in the group, there's a, there's a character named beauty who like is very much like Noelle in that like, she's like super normal, but everyone else is like hella weird and just like does like all types of just like ridiculous shit. And she's like commenting on it. And like Noelle just gave me like that same energy. And I just like, yes, loved all of it. Also, Noelle was also extremely shady, which I also loved a lot. Um, like I remember at one point she was giving a compliment, I guess to Akarsha. And I think she says something to the effect of like, I like being alive at the same time as you. And I'm like, Noel, that's like not a compliment. Like that's so <laughs> indirect. Like that is not, I mean, but like that's her being like, I'm being affectionate. Like I like being alive at the same time that you're also alive. And I'm like, that's, that's, that's all you're getting a car show. Like, don't, don't <laughs> you're not else. getting anything. Or like, I remember they were making jokes about how like, um, cause the team, so the monarchs ended up going to like an Indian buffet at one point. Um, and like, they were making jokes about, Oh, like, you know, like men could totally like get in for like, you know, cause they had this whole thing where like, if kids like 12 and under, like got like half price food and Noel was like, why stop there? Like apparently infants eat for free. And I'm like, <laughs> Noel, you were so rude, but I love it. Um, <laughs> Also, too, I really related to the fact that she didn't know anything about sports. Like, she, at one point, like, when they were playing the baseball, um, when the other team was, like, on all the on all the bases and about to score, she's like, oh, my God, this is terrible. They're about to get a goal. And everyone's like, <laughs> you know that they don't say goal in baseball, right? But, um, yeah, so I just, I just found her really funny. I found her very charming. I, I, I thought even just, like, her backstory was just very, very interesting. I'm trying to think if I had anything else I wanted to say about her. I guess I will say I, I do sort of wish that, like, we saw a bit more about Noelle's mom because, like, her mom was very critical of her. But, like, mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, I, I kind of wish they had, like, gone into a little bit more about, like, her backstory and sort of, like, the nuances of, like, why she is the way she is or, like, why she shows up in this parenting role the way that she does. Um, only <laughs> critique there, but, yeah, like, Noelle's commentary was, like, A-tier, funny as fuck, live for her. <laughs> um, and I was just like, yeah, this is, this is everything. Um, <laughs> what about y'all? I can speak from experience that that catharsis you're looking for with Noel's mom, if it ever comes, comes after she turns 30. Yep, yep. Mm. <laughs> you're like, she has years to go. <laughs> right. Um, I was going to say, Marcy, to that point, yeah, I was, because, and also, honestly, to Marvin's point, I was like, as I get older, because um, I feel like I, the tension that they're feeling, it's a very immigrant, I think, tension that you have. Um, and, and it's kind of hard to navigate when you're younger because... It, God, I don't even. That's like a Pandora's box. I'm not even going to open it. It's a clash but, of cultures, right? It's like your yes. your your immigrant culture is telling you, okay, you have to do this to, to survive. You're in this weird country. Everyone's talking mm-hmm. English, and then the American side is like, you're free. There's no racism here. You're free to be whatever mm-hmm. you want, right? Racism racism is over, mm. right? And it's like your parents, because uh, as I got older and I like started to recognize like where my parents had come from or just where in general like you know people immigrate for a lot of reasons and some of those reasons are not not good ones <laughs> and so there's trauma and then i was like and also like therapy became a popular thing like 10 days ago so like <laughs> 10 minutes like, ago like <laughs> right, five seconds ago um <laughs> may still not be a popular thing anyway but mm-hmm. and they, they they lived so much of life and had to deal with so much trauma with 
a lot less like um, resources. Again, these are not excuses <laughs> for bad behavior. But as you get older, you like recognize that's where they're coming from. But when you're a teenager, you have like no perspective on that because quite frankly as a child you shouldn't even have to <laughs> that would be very difficult to have mm-hmm. um and so when i was watching it i was like i do want to hear more about their parents less about mins because her dad's kind of violent but mm-hmm. honestly honestly even noelle's mom i was like this is really intense like when yeah. she was like your friends will deceive you yeah but um but I, 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 the older I get, I now understand, especially when I'm like, wow, so you came here when you were what age? And you're like, <laughs> I have passed the age in which you migrated to a new country and had to learn a new language and we're in survival mode. Um, and so I, sometimes I think that trauma, like not infects, influences the parenting in a way that I, makes me like mad at colonialism and like the global <laughs> wars of the 20th century. But that's like way outside the scope of this visual novel. That's like two and a half hours. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about it. It's our experience. It's it's in the scope, right? It invokes these feelings. Because I feel like that's something about growing up, right? Like when you're growing up, you kind of feel like you can do whatever you want. But as you get older, you realize all these like systems that are there to like oppress you, like economical, racial, governmental, mm. global. And then you realize like we never had a chance really, you know, like the best right. we can do is like do the best of what we were given but like our parents never really had a chance and you know like they had to do what they had to do right and it's almost like when you realize as you get older when you realize the odds that they're up against and how far they got you you're like okay actually let me take a seat (laughs) let me just sit down for a second again does not excuse bad behavior i am not excusing bad behavior or anything abusive or anything bad like that but for parents who weren't like that but who you were you still had that tension with that like meeting of the minds again you're not gonna get it till you're 30 though so if you're 15 <laughs> right now sorry wait 15 years yeah so i mean my parents luckily were pretty affectionate i had the, the rare parents who actually tell, told me that they loved me and like gives hugs and kisses and stuff but i Aww. definitely had friends mm-hmm. with parents like noel's where like they saw everyone else as competition mm. and did they do you know i mean not to get into you people you you don't know the psyche of but did (laughs) did they ever get that catharsis or did some yes and some no um i don't know to be honest it's almost 20 years since i graduated high school i don't really talk to many people (laughs) Uh, i have my core group of friends who are like are all pretty much akarshas um and that's pretty much all i hang out with if when i do you just just surround yourself with chaotic uh people who just yeah want to see the world burn yeah i'm the noel (laughs) for sure (laughs) So wait, so then Marvin, yeah, let's go to you. You also identify with Noel's character, but you are very favorable to Akarsha's. <laughs> I mean, I, I identify with Noel as like the, the Taiwanese American. Like my, my family's from Taiwan by way of China. A lot of the, there's a lot of touchstones in this story that I really, really related to. The fact that she brought fried rice to school and the fact that like um, her parents decided to pack bitter melon, which um, I don't know if either of you have ever had bitter melon. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've had it, Rira. It's a, it's a very Chinese thing, I think. I've had it, yeah. <laughs> it is the disgusting. grossest. It's like a slimy, bitter oh, yeah. melon and it's gross, but it's supposed to be good for your skin and good for your brain. Mm-hmm. So that's why parents try to like feed it to you, but it's the grossest thing ever. Apologies to all the bitter melon fans out there, but that, that shit's gross. <laughs> it's um, gross. 
And it's watch like that be the thing that gets our show canceled. Like none of the other things we've ever said, but they're like these kids don't even care about bitter melon. We're like, Ugh. it's best. I can, I can handle the wedding date uh, blasphemy, <laughs> but I can't handle the bitter melon blasphemy canceled. Oh, oh my god! Oh my god! It doesn't look bad. Like I'm looking at it online. I'm like, this looks. I believe y'all. I believe y'all. But I'm like, looks are deceiving yeah. because I'm it's like, it's not like a dinner. looks thing. It's a texture thing because it's slimy mm. and it's soft and it tastes like it tastes bitter. It tastes very bitter. Mm. It's just not a mm. lot of very pleasant sensation. It's like not pleasant texturally. It's not pleasant tastefully. It's not even pleasant like visually. It's just an overall unpleasant <laughs> vegetable. Pleasant visually, <laughs> bitter man. I can just see like a bitter melon cartoon with its eyes frowning. <laughs> You're right. It's a very bumpy, like cucumber, because you guys, this is a podcast and you can't see us, audience. But if you were wondering, it looks like a bumpy cucumber. Asian diaspora kids everywhere. Like if you, if, if you, yeah, Asian diaspora kids everywhere could relate to the I hate bitter melon part of that story because it's, <laughs> it's same. I feel like it should be on a shirt. <laughs> um, Riro, what about you? Um, I think I related to Noelle the most, but I did relate to like all of the character in some way. Um, I'm, I have a lot of social anxiety, so I totally understand like Dia's uh, mm. apprehension to like answer questions and to approach people. Mm. Um, I've gotten much better at it as I'm, you know, I'm older, I'm like past 30, but when I was like mm. a teenager, when I was in high school, um, yeah, you could not get me to say excuse me to anybody. Uh, I would like go the the long way to avoid people. Uh, so I definitely like understood like her her struggle with that. Um, same thing with like Akarsha. Like I'm not you know I'm not an agent of chaos, but um, <laughs> but her like hiding her like depression and uh, just like finding. Uh, weird ways to cope with it. Um, I definitely understood that too. I had dep- like I had depression for a very very long time, but it was undiagnosed. And mm-hmm. when she has that scene where she's like shouting in the auditorium, saying, "Oh my god!" Yeah, like mm-hmm. all of those things, I like totally. I, I totally got it. And it was such like a high school moment because like in mm-hmm. high school, like your emotions are. I don't know, like, you're going through puberty and just, like, everything is so stressful because you're supposed to know what you want to do for the rest of your life, Mm -hmm. and there's just so much pressure. So, like, I totally understood that emotional state. And then when uh, Min is like, hey, are you okay? Um, Akarsha is like, well, I don't want to actively kill myself, but uh, (laughs) if a car came at me, I don't know if I'll move away. Mm. And um, I totally related to that too. I've actually said the same exact thing to mm. to people in the past, so I was like, okay, I relate to that uh, quite a lot. Uh, Minsaj, Korean American. I'm Korean American. Um, lots of similarities there. I got the jokes with the saranghae and <laughs> and just like the gender norms. I like I lived it. I I totally understand. But Noelle is definitely the character I related to the most. Um, I said earlier that I had war flashbacks, and that's like totally true. Um, I was playing this game with my partner. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was just like, wow, Noelle's mom is like really intense. And I was like, yeah, that was my mom growing up. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that like the the wall of shame with like the newspaper clippings. Yeah, like my mom mm-hmm. would show me like 
newspaper clippings and uh, she would be like, oh, this person like got into college at like 16. Why are you failing at this subject? subject?" And I was just like, yeah, that's pretty much how I lived. And uh, uh, we were talking about catharsis earlier. Uh, (laughs) um, I've gotten to a point where like I understand my parents. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like my mom came to America when she was 30 and she already had me and my younger brother. And, you know, she's not fluent in English. Uh, my dad wasn't, like, around all the time because of business. So um, she kind of had to, like, do a lot of things by herself. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like, I understand that, but it doesn't excuse a lot of the um, the verbal and mental abuse that I went through. But, mm-hmm. like, I understand it. And we've had... We've, we've had, like, multiple conversations uh, as, like, as I grew up being like, hey, this is what you did to me and this is, like, not okay. And um, I think with parents as well, as they get older, they realize that um, they're going to die at one point. So mm. <laughs> they have to let go a lot of, of their prejudices and mm. uh, kind of realize, like, their kids aren't like they have their own lives they have agency mm-hmm. and that you know like you want the best for them but it doesn't mean that you know your kid well enough to know what mm-hmm. what what's best for them right. and um i think like with my parents like we've come to an understanding where um they did want the best for me but they didn't exactly know me and um i've i've actually like had like a very fierce conversation with my with my dad like a couple of months ago um it was like a lot of uh confrontation uh, with him being like i don't understand like why you're not doing the things that uh you promised to do when you were younger like you were supposed to do this 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 and i was like i'm not your property like i'm like an adult you can't tell me like like you you can't make me do the things that you wanted me to do as a kid because that was your dream and not mine and mm. uh, it was like a very very like intense conversation but it's a conversation that couldn't have happened when i was a teenager um right. so like when my partner was uh playing this game with me and noel has a point where she's like talking back to her mom mm-hmm. uh dan was like Hey, have you ever talked back to your parents when you were a kid? And I was like, nope, that's nope, nev- never <laughs> happened. Yep. Like, well, I would mm-hmm. never do that as a kid. That is like asking for a death sentence. Like, mm-hmm. I know that this is a stereotype, but there's a reason why it is a stereotype. There's like a seed of truth to it. Um, but yeah, like, uh, like we said earlier, like, this is written in like the perspective of someone who is Asian American, who is queer. And my partner, who is white, like, a lot of this was, you know, something that he's heard about, but, like, he didn't live it. So there were a lot of moments where I would be like, oh, my God, I'm, like, I'm reliving my trauma right now, my childhood right now. And uh, there would be points where, like, I had to, like, stop playing and had to, like, explain things to my partner, be like, no, you don't understand. Like, this is what happened to me. And, uh... This is this is not just like a thing that they're playing up for stereotype. This is right. just like this is just my life as a high schooler. Right. So um yeah, I think 
I related to all of the characters. Uh, Noelle was probably the one that I related to the most. Sorry for talking so much. Not, <laughs> no, I loved all. your perspective. Yes. It was literally brilliant. Yes, thank you for saying... And also, to yeah, thank you for saying that. And also, I mm-hmm. relate to so much of what you just said. Like, so much of what you just said. Um, <laughs> especially when it comes to, yeah, just like reckoning with one's parent and also just like, yeah, like kind of being able to, as you get older, sort of come to understand them, but also be like, mm, but that was fucked up. Yeah, I get mm-hmm. it, but mm, no, that's not... <laughs> this does not make it acceptable. Um, yeah, so th- it's, yeah, so thank you for for sharing. Um, yeah, I, I yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I And I was going to say, too, like, the, the more I think about it, I was like, wow, I wonder how much of parents from minority backgrounds or I wonder how much of it's like your kids use as a motivation to keep going. So it's almost like they become an emblem of something. Yeah. You know, because it's like you're going through all this stuff and there's really not a lot of motivation <laughs> to keep going. Mm-hmm. But you're like, okay, I have the, these kids and I got to make sure they're okay. And if I just put everything else aside and these kids, I just got to make these kids okay. And it becomes this almost like over-focused, you know what I mean? It becomes mm-hmm. like the kids aren't even people. It's like part of your life story and part of your mm-hmm. trying to make to, to to become you know what i mean like yeah. and i think that's a lot of like the tension because then it's like you have this feeling like you put so much into these people and so you're like they should be what i wanted <laughs> them to be and you're like oh no, yeah, humans you're, don't yeah. That way. i think human. you might have something there i mean i so i've had this conversation a lot as asian american like second generation adult um with people and you know as you start talking to your parents you realize that like they're also fully realized people with their own like hopes and dreams. Mm -hmm. And when they came to this country, you might not have been part of that dream, you know, like they're here Mm -hmm. chasing their own dreams and you're, you know, like having a kid might not have been part of it. And I think part of it is they have their own idea of what they wanted their life to be like. And that includes Mm -hmm. what, how they want their kids to be like. Right. So Mm -hmm. um, in a way it's, if you don't match up with that, it also like it, it calls into question what they've been working on this entire time right. in this country. Right. And, right. and then like and the part that like clicked in my head again, these are not excuses. These are just thoughts. Um, the part that clicked in my head that I was like, what if you sacrifice so much? And then you obviously can't control what a person does with their life. But like it makes you go all the way back time and question everything you sacrificed up to this mm. point to see if your life looks like the way you wanted to for what you sacrificed. And because honestly, some of the things parents sacrifice in the immigration narrative, they would never tell you because it's kind of dark. <laughs> and I thought about that. Um, and I think what it, the only thing that makes me think, right, is that while you're becoming as a teenager, your parents are becoming as well. Like, because like now that I'm getting to my late 20s, early 30s, I'm like, oh, man, am I becoming again? Are you kidding me? Like, I just did this 10 years ago. How many times am I going to do this? And like the universe was like, um, until you die. You do what? You thought you were going to do it once? And I was like, yeah, I hoped. How do you want me to raise a kid while I'm becoming? And they're like, generations have done it before you. And I'm like, that's why you have therapy. But um, yeah, so I don't know. It, I, it just made me think about it i I, especially like as people my age have kids i'm like "Um, can johnny really raise a child and you're like well johnny's gonna have to because (laughs) this kid is here so (laughs) so Mm. um i don't know but um my my, i actually really related to dia and akarsha i'm like not noel which is wild but um (laughs) 
I think for Dia, there was a line. She said like she would hold an apple for 45 minutes because she didn't want to oh walk my God, up yeah. and throw it away. I was like, yeah, that Yep, I yep, definitely, yeah. <laughs> or like yeah. what she said about um, when she goes to like friends' houses and like she feels so uncomfortable asking for like a cup for water that she'll mm-hmm. just like drink from like the faucet in the bathroom. I was just like, yeah. A lot of her lines, I, I like wrote them down. I was like, this is real as fuck. Yeah, the, yeah, just the anxiety, and especially in your teenage youth. And, and I think Dia also is taller than a lot of the other characters, and yeah. so there's that. I love that they played on, like, the stereotype. Like, you can be a jock and shy, right? You don't, like, just yeah. because you're good at sports doesn't mean you have to be, like, an alpha, right? Mm. Right. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, and then Akarsha, it's just similarly, like, oh, I definitely used absurdist humor to cover up the fact that I, like... <laughs> knew way too many skinheads as a teenager um so i totally felt her on that one but i that moment that i thought was really beautiful which diverged from my life was the fact that she said it out loud as a teenager i Mm. think i just cut off on my hair and moved (laughs) which i guess is a different type of freedom but Mm. but um but yeah, I and I think that's where this book diverges into like a upbeat fantasy is that all of them, the baseball becomes a conduit for all of them to realize themselves. You know, like that's mm. where it becomes the anime part. And you're like, oh my God, I cried. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, just... I thought it was really funny how like three of the teammates were uh, were weebs and <laughs> they were just like, what Tashiwa am in ninth grade? And it's like, I, to- I totally knew kids who were like same, that. Same, same. Yeah. Oh my and God. I say this as someone who was a member of Anime Club. I was just like, <laughs> I was a weeb too, but I was mm. definitely not at that level of... Um, obsession i guess mm. the fact that it's so me- it's so meta like the fact that they're on this team to like join a sports anime <laughs> team right <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just it's so funny too because even when i was playing um because because we were I, I i relate to that i knew so i wasn't myself in like anime club but i like was very i was i feel like i was like anime club like adjacent like i like knew a lot of folks who were like in that space but i just kind of like was on the periphery or whatever, um, but still heavily fucked with it. Anyway, so you, um, you wanted to join, but you didn't have the guts to. You didn't have the lo- guts. Or like, or like, I felt like I was like, oh, like I haven't watched enough anime. Like I watched Bobo and Naruto, but I feel like that's not enough. Like these people got rosters. Like I really like my shit fits on like one shelf. Anyway, but um, but it's so funny because yeah, like playing this game, I was like, you know, these girls are like what they're in ninth grade in 2008 and i'm like and at the same time i was like i think in 10th grade so literally pretty much mm-hmm. like the exact same time period and so um i remember there were just so many aspects of like them being in school that i related to like the fact that noel and dia shared a locker same also shared mm-hmm. a locker in middle school because they're like girl we ain't got enough lockers so y'all gonna have to like <laughs> make this work um and or even just like how like growing up like like men and June were like oh yeah girl like white people are a rarity like like who like who was that like what I'm like yeah I also remember being like early elementary school and being like yeah white people I guess they're just like not that many like I'm not really seeing any white people um I don't know why they're on TV everywhere but like <laughs> they ain't really here um yeah so there's just so many pieces where I was like wow like I just and, and to have a video game do that is just wild. I, I'm I'm still in a space where I'm yeah. like, wow, video games really be telling these types of stories. Like, I don't know. I just, yeah, I'm really not used to it in in this medium. Honestly, I, I'm so used to like divorcing aspects of myself to enjoy video games. So to be able to play one that like 
kind of had that psychological safety and like this relatability, but also was, you know, for myself, deeply educational, kind of being someone who like can relate to aspects of this story, but like, you know, obviously not a lot of aspects as well. It was just very... I don't know. I was like, this is how empathy is created. I'm like, I feel like this is like what media should (laughs) be. Like, why is this not (laughs) the benchmark? But yeah. And it was really funny. I mean, like you mentioned, the the writing was really good. They had a lot of like Mm. visual and like sound gags. Like when they played My Heart Will Go On with the recorder. Oh my God. Oh my God. The That was actually my friend's uh, wedding dance song. The, the recorder. <laughs> oh my so god! It's like... <laughs> <laughs> so sweet. I I feel like it gave the catharsis that you get with like anime, video games, and shows. But usually, you, like with an American story, which is like not something you usually get. So yeah, you got that same like feeling at the end of like, wow, I went through an emotional journey. But you're like. And it's also in America. Hey, look at that. It's also from a woman's perspective, because I feel like a lot of video yes. games are designed by men and it shows because yeah. <laughs> they'll like sexualize yep. everything. Oh and it's God. like, oh, it's nice that we have like four different, four very different girls with different sexualities, different ethnicities, and mm-hmm. just like you <laughs> also i don't think that like, dude would write that period blood scene oh no definitely not <laughs> not, in definitely their life. Not. not in their life or like the gatorade pad scene I- yeah. either right uh Rira, you're so right because i one of my biggest complaints about sports animes which i actually love them is i feel like there's so much emotions it's great but i was like wow so what like you just no one's gonna write a girl sports anime like we're just never gonna do that huh we don't want to not volleyball no we're running no softball no okay well um i'll just wait so (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i agree with you like the period of scene i was like this is this is if women were like the had more cultural power like you would see more period jokes (laughs) yeah (laughs) almost every piece of literature because it's like a quintessential part of people like of people who i guess bleed lives like it's not like it's a pretty quintessential part of your coming of age Mm -hmm. and like the messiness of it is also pretty quintessential so yeah so what you're saying is more more period blood in video games <laughs> yes more period blood less more less boobs more, more period, period blood, blood representation in media mm-hmm. there we go kids and even i remember when they um so like when they threw the pad at like june and hayden and them like they made that joke about how like when they're pouring the like blue gatorade on the pad they were like yeah the commercials always have this like blue liquid like you mm-hmm. know and then men's like yeah it should just be like red like keep it real like stop fucking with us like i was just <laughs> like i don't know it's just like i was like i i just love i live i live for this um so yeah right because if it was if it was red that would be too much for television exactly. right? <laughs> yeah. anyway okay well are there any closing thoughts I heard that there is a sequel coming out. Me too. Yeah. Me too. 2025, perhaps earlier. Oh my but, gosh. Brianna, um, the, the, the game designer, she said that originally the game was supposed to go on until the end of freshman year. But then she was mm. like, I'm one person. This is mm. not going to happen. So she cut down the story quite a bit. So mm-hmm. I'm guessing that in the sequel, we're going to get more of Akarsha and Noel because it Ooh. seemed like there was something going on between mm-hmm. them, but yes. I'm not sure. Um, and I'm I'm not sure if it's going to go like way in the future. 
it seems like they're still going to be in school, but I am excited to play the next game. Yeah. Def- absolutely. Yep. I saw that too and was like, I mean, I know that's like four years from now, but like, could it be tomorrow? Can it be today? Because I just, <laughs> I need it to, like, I just, yeah. Honestly, my, yeah, my closing thoughts are just that this game is fucking phenomenal. Um, play it. It's also free. Um, with, yeah. you know, suggested donations as well. Um, also, real quick, I will say it was interesting because, um, if you if you pay five dollars or more for the game, you get kind of like a bonus art um, PDF where Brianna kind of talks more about like just like the character designs and sort of like the initial templates and just like kind of thoughts about different characters. And um, highly suggest reading it because yeah, it was really interesting. Um, one thing that kind of stood out to me was that um, so apparently Dia at first was supposed to be this like super stoic like emotionless character and like she was like yeah that was like really boring to write and like just like was not <laughs> just like was not it. It, it's just very interesting seeing how different a lot of the characters were even their designs how they kind of borrowed from each other so yeah but all all, all in all the phenomenal game fucking loved it um, and yeah I'm looking I I'm looking forward to tomorrow yeah no I'm really glad you guys um picked this for us because um my media diet lately has been pretty like i've been like we were knows this i like reading like dark and existential media i just and don't so... know why during this time <laughs> fair and that extends into my like my um visual novel reading as well like I've, I've been doing a lot of like those japanese like kind of dark um existential stories because that's a big that's a big thing in in visual novels is like the like the danganronpas and like the the side oh, like the steins gates is so good it's so good <laughs> and oh, so to so read good. something this is like kind of like after watching like a dark anime watching like the nice like fluffy slice of life story mm-hmm. afterwards right just like as a palate cleanser exactly exactly <laughs> it's so funny i'm i feel oh my god i i hope y'all get this but um right now i'm playing tales of berseria and so like <laughs> playing this in the middle is just because like tales of berseria is just like dark and brooding and like everyone's like low-key kind of miserable so it's nice to play a game that's just like so upbeat especially um like just like a queer joyous game oh we love to see it (laughs) yeah but what about you Akko? any closing thoughts no it was a good book that's not a book it's a visual it's a a book let's let's just say it's a book yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's good. And I think it's it's fun to interact because you get to click things and go off on little side things. It's fun. One of the things I love about this game is they give you the um, go back button. So you yes. can kind of see yeah. what all the um, choices yes. will lead to. Um, and so this way, you know, if you're one of those people who are completionists who want to see everything, it gives you a chance to do that without having to like save scum and like load every time. Mm. That's, that was really, that's a nice accessibility option by Brianna. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Because I was like, oh, you know, like you know, you like make a choice, and you're like, but what about all the other possibilities? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I realized the back yeah. button way too late, but I, I I know I'm gonna play this game again, honestly. So it's it's fine. So. Oh, and the music was really relaxing. Oh, period. It was. Yeah. It really was. Yeah. Like the second you start playing, you're like, oh, I feel better. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Well. You know what, Rira and Marvin, thank you so much for coming on our yes. show. It's literally always a pleasure to talk to y'all. Like it's oh, thank you for inviting us. Yeah, thank this you. This is fun. We we always complain that like we never get to like talk about our other nerdy <laughs> interests. <laughs> this was, like, so when you guys were like, Oh, we're not gonna talk about books this time. We're gonna talk about like a visual novel and I'm like, Yeah, sure, yes. Like <laughs> let's go. Oh my god! Perfect. Yes. So, like, I I think the second we we're like, let's do a visual novel. We we're like, 
let's look up books and bubble. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> need to find them. But speaking of which, where can people find you? Mm. Yeah, you can find us at booksandbobble.com. Um, there you can find our website with links to our podcast, our bookshop, and our previous book picks. Um, you can also find our podcast, Books and Boba, at um, you have just any like, podcasters everywhere. If you use Google, Spotify, Apple, um, I don't know. Wherever Stitcher. you find your podcast, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tune in. Um. <laughs> just, just Google us and we'll yeah. probably pop up. Like the first yes, couple yes. searches. You can also follow us at Books and Boba on Instagram and Twitter. Oh, perfect. Yes, go follow them and then go mm-hmm. listen to their episodes because they're amazing. <laughs> Correct. Um, if you want, you can even listen to the Shield the Mountain episode. You don't have to. There's other episodes. They did Grace of Kings. It was great. <laughs> did other stuff too. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> if you want to hear... <laughs> If you want to hear Akko pontificate awkwardly, you can go to our Twitter at The Colored Pages or our Instagram at These Colored Pages. We have a link tree if you want to know what other books we're reading, and we'll also put it in the show notes. If Marcy does it, if Akko does it, she'll forget. You have our email, thesecoloredpages at gmail.com. You can email things like Marvin and Rio were great, and we want you to do more collabs with them. We'll be like, awesome, here's a link to booksandbubble.com. And you can go to our website, which is thesecoloredpages.com. And on it, we have all sorts of fun things like our collabs and um, really our episodes. <laughs> That's truly what's on there. But yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yes. And again, you know, if the show brought you any love, light, delight, mm, yes, please leave us some love wherever you're listening to this podcast, which could be Apple Podcasts or not. So just let us know. <laughs> also, if you really love this episode and you just like know someone in your life and you're like, you know what you need right now? Butterfly soup. <laughs> That's exactly what you need because it's everything. Please send them the episode. We love to see it. And it definitely just helps our community to just become more expansive and fabulous. And we just, yeah, we, we really appreciate all of you for just taking the time out of your schedules and being like, you know what, Color Pages Book Club, let me just let me just listen to this episode because you really could have just not, you could have so easily not Truly. done that and we just really appreciate that you're like, you know what, <laughs> I actually give a fuck enough to listen to this, so thank you. <laughs> Love y'all down. Um, <laughs> so as far as our next choice for the Summer Short series, we're gonna, in the in the spirit of just saying, you know what, fuck a book, we just gonna do any, literally anything else. Whatever. We're actually gonna be doing a poetry analysis comparison situation comparative comparative literature yeah yeah because we're english majors i I guess so we're going to be talking about two poems um a woman speaks as well as ain't i a woman by audrey lord and sojourner truth respectfully respectively sorry um so yeah but between now and then akko is there anything else we should leave our listeners with before we head out Mm, no just until we see you next time just remember to stay Stay colorful. colorful